I personally believe that we can make a difference. I will try my best to empower and inspire my team to do it with me. I will show them and present first. So once they see how I do it or learn the content of what I cover, then they can do by themselves. Welcome to Agile Leaders Conversations where executives, business leaders and experts from all sectors come together and share leadership insights around leading in today's workplaces. They will be sharing some tips on how they use the Agile mindset to make sense of the complexities and lead with authenticity and ease. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Agile Leaders Conversations. My name is Chuan Chuan and I'm an author and executive coach for the Fortune 500. I'm also a speaker and a facilitator. I specialize in leadership agility, helping organizations and leaders grow the agile mindset so that they can sustain the success in both life and career. And I'm happy to have Mr. Raymond Tay in this episode of Agile Leaders Conversations. Raymond is an HR professional. For more than a decade, Raymond has been involved in human capital development for both youth and adult professionals. He has worked with numerous organizations from both public and private sectors and developed many tailored evidence-based learning solutions for adult learners in the areas of leadership, creativity, and innovation. He's also a change coach and a clinical hypnotherapist. Well, Raymond, would you like to share a few words about yourself? Personally, I have the passion to help people. That's why I pick up quite a number of instruments and methodology to help others, like change management, hypnotherapy, emotional intelligence, or even conflict resolution, mediation. So I'll say before we help others, we also help ourselves. So it's also quite aligned because human resources work with people, coming out with policy that will impact the work life of our colleagues. And Policy can attract talent. If we make the policy attractive in a way, increasing the welfare or increase the budget for team bonding, develop our leaders so that they can connect and give relevant feedback or constructive feedback to their staff. So those elements of HR can really transform the workplace and improve the working relationship in the organization. We are now talking about building back better. HR has the instrumental role to play in making workplaces better. So I invited Raymond to the show because he read my book, The Eight Paradoxes of Leadership Agility. So I'm wondering, Raymond, what are your thoughts of the book after reading it? So that gives another dimension to leadership because there are so many framework models. So it's nice to know more about the leadership agility. Especially in today's world, agility will really help us in managing and navigating changes. As we know that we are working with a diverse workforce, different people prefer to be led. Some people may want to be inspired. Some people may want to be instructed. <laughs> uh, some people will want us to focus on the teams. As a leader, your book gives us the different dimension of how a leader can act. Because staying put in any of this dimension for long, never get changes to be agile. We may be stuck with certain leadership style that sometimes in the past may have worked for us. I think in your case study and coaching, you have also helped them. If 
our strength can become our weaknesses as the organization move on or there's a change of people. So the winning formula for leadership style change. It's just like our politician, our leaders, we can see the style of leadership change from more domineering to more consultative or facilitative. Yeah, so many good points. I want to just summarize them for all the listeners. So what Raymond is saying that is that your winning formula will change according to the life cycle of the organization. We are seeing it happen in politics, in businesses, in government organizations, everywhere. So that's something for everyone to take note. What is your winning formula right now? And your strengths can become your weaknesses. And I think that one big point that is really important for all leaders to be mindful of, we are dealing with a diverse workforce and everyone wants to be led in a different way. Some may want to be empowered, some want to be directed, some value a lot more the relationship, some wants you to focus on the team. So it is very important for leaders to be able to flex the styles. And as Raymond, as you were talking, I can sense that there probably were a couple of paradoxes that resonated with you strongly. So could you share more on perhaps just one? Definitely, there are quite a number of paradox that made me reflect. Because even myself, I think each of us have our own preference of leading. Your paradox have also let us reflect on what are the possibility and also challenge us not to be stuck in one area or one dimension. One paradox that is like a dilemma for myself will be enforcing versus empowering. Because I also lead a team, so at times I need to see, should I enforce my staff to do the things or should I spend a bit more time to empower them, to tell them the why? In my own uh, experience, for those things that is becoming more routine, like for example, in my work area is processing certain application, preparing document. Once some things is more routine and predictable, I will say that my style is more enforcing. If my staff is not doing it, I will remind, more like, you done this? Can you send a reminder to the stakeholders? Then empowering will be more on those work that are a bit more ambiguous. That is the point where I need to be more inspiring and empowering. So for example, in my work, we need to communicate and we need to present and attract talent. So when they come and attach to our organization, we need to have some time to attract them. In that aspect, can be done by my team or can be done by another team. But I felt that if we can do our part to connect, we can help to attract more talent. I personally believe that we can make a difference. Then I will try my best to empower and inspire my team to do it with me. I will show them and present first. So once they see how I do it or learn the content of what I cover, then they can do by themselves. So in summary, I think those work that is routine and predictable, more on reminding, getting things done, don't require so much communication. Why? Because the staff already know why they are doing it because that is like their bread and butter. Only when new work, when we go into new space, where also when the work is ambiguous, then I think that part leaders need to give clarity on what we need to do and whether our team need to do it or don't do it. If you want to do it, then we need to provide the stronger why. 
What you're also saying that enforcing versus empowering, there's never one fixed style because it is a range of possibilities and it's important that leaders are not stuck in using just one style. And you also pointed out something that's very pertinent these days, very common. There's a lot of ambiguity, a lot of gray areas, new job responsibility pops up, but it's not always clear whose responsibility is that. And when that happens, if it's beneficial to the team, provide a strong why for people and make it clear. And that might be a little bit more enforcing in that approach because you want to lay down clearly why we're doing this and how does success look like. And you said it caught my attention not to misapply what empowerment means. Because as you were saying it, there was a clear process of how you get people up to speed before you empower them to do things. In my coaching practice, I do come across sometimes leaders who say, oh, I'm going to empower them, but actually we are throwing them into the deep end and different people want different things. Some people love the exploration, swimming in the deep end and learning how to do things on their own, but some people will feel totally overwhelmed. So it's another nuance that will be beneficial for leaders to check it out and to really see in this situation, in this scenario, is it better than I take a more enforcing stance or a more empowering stance? If I'm empowering, how am I doing it? What's your definition of leadership agility? My own definition of agility, to be flexible and adaptable. Because in the world that we live in, as we have also mentioned, they're uncertain, volatile, or ambiguous, all these terms that people will use to describe our environment. So when this is the environment that we are living in, then we have to be agile to be able to navigate and find new ways of working, new ways of leading, and even adopt technology to help us. But that actually plays a huge challenge for leaders. Because all of us have our own primary or dominant style. So I think all leaders will face this challenge. It's not so easy to flex at times. If a person is an introvert leader, how can you transform the person to become extrovert leaders? To be able to connect, make small talk, relationship for an introvert leader. It would be tough. Then it would be a personal development journey for all of us to make small improvements. So I would say that it's tough and it's not easy for us to be agile. For someone who has been enforcing so much in their life, can they now switch and become uh, empowering? It's not an instant switch that people can make. And definitely that's why we need coaches. uh. So even myself, I'm a coach to help people to transform their own personal struggle. Conscious and unconscious mind, we need to both uh, be aligned. Because I have worked with clients consciously, logically, they know this is not the right way, but emotionally, they do other things. That's where therapy can be very powerful. It's something in the subconscious that is inhibiting them, stopping them from adopting the more productive behavior and flex their style. Another thing that we need to be mindful of is our habits. Our habits already have been formed. The way we work is like our habits. So it's going to change the way we work to be more principled, to be more agile. We have to change our habits. And changing habits, we all know that it's not easy. It's like changing mindset. So I think in the market, when people talk about agility, they ask me, oh, changing what do you do? What is agility? Agility refers to the mindset. So it's synonymous with the agile mindset. And my observation is out there in a lot of leadership development programs, they focus on skills without adequately addressing 
the mindset. And I think Raymond, you are right in pointing out that just by reading a book, how much can you change? How much can you undo years of habit? And that's why it's designed as like a workbook where you have questions to bring you through. And I think that it depends on individuals' level of self-awareness and ability to reflect. But of course, there are always professionals like you and I who will be always there to support leaders through this transformation. And for different people, how they transform will be different. Like it could be a professional coaching like what I do and what Raymond does as well. Or it could be more in-depth like what Raymond do for clients who need hypnotherapy because I myself I've gone through that process and it was truly transformational what do you think HR professionals should consider as they build back a better HR post-pandemic as we know many organizations during the COVID have gone into remote working what is missing perhaps now will be increased engagement and level of communication especially from the top management where they have come up with new initiative that has to be communicated down to the last man. Normally, there's a gap whether the last man has heard what is the plan of the top man. In the recent month, I also have attended one dialogue session where this social service leader have shared that the challenge of any strategic plan, make sure the strategic plan don't stay in the meeting room. We know that there's certain confidentiality in terms of some plans, but once it's approved, better cascade and communicate, not still stay in the meeting room, in the boardroom or the office. So that is another part of the change management where you need to come up with comms plan. Sure, a more thorough, a more robust one, such as that very last person gets that big direction. What are we doing right now? Sometimes it's, it's not a complicated thing. It's like government, when they come a new policy, how can we ensure that every citizen know the policy? So make sure that the top leader complicate, come up with a video, or come up with flyers or posters, emailers. Agree. I think one telltale sign for leaders listening right now, if you frequently find yourself asking this question, but they should know. Don't they know? Don't they know what we are working towards? They should know. Once you use the word, they should. I assume that they know that's an assumption and there's something not going well with the communication plan because so many times after working with hundreds of leaders, it's not done. It's not done enough. We are not communicating in multiple ways. We are not flexing our communication style. We are only communicating in one single way. And like what Raymond said, every leader has a dominant style, has a preferred style and that applies to communication as well. And if we can be a flexible, agile communicator, we will be able to close all the gaps to ensure that a strategic plan doesn't just stay in the meeting room. Any particular initiatives that HR should consider right now as they move towards post-pandemic? There are certain practices and core function of what HR need to do. Once we do those core functions, it should be helping whether is it post or pre-COVID staff engagement, for example, whether post or pre is always there or when we come up with a three years, five years plan, it's always there. Whether post or pre-COVID planning, improvement and communication has to be ongoing. It's not something that is new. It's just that we need to do more or be willing to try new things, of new ways of communicating to ensure that everyone feel connected. In any organization, it's make sure that everyone feel passionate and the sense of belonging. I would say that post pandemic will be 
bring back the sense of belongings. Yeah, this is good to hear is the emotional part. Right, remember, you, you are not saying, oh, make sure they achieve good outcomes. <laughs> it's a sense of belonging, passion, motivator. This is why you and I can click, I think, because we are people-oriented and that's what leaders need to consider right now. Even the first paradox of tasks versus people, we need to think of how we're going to engage people better such that they will strive towards the great outcomes. We're not saying that outcomes are not important they are still important but the way we get to it is through engaging the people great now i'm sure mm -hmm. right now listeners viewers will be interested to know more about raymond and i'll include raymond's social links in the show notes so please feel free to reach out to him and i encourage you to grab a copy of the eight paradoxes of leadership agility that's available in all print and digital formats globally so really good to have you on this show raymond let's keep in touch Thank you, Chen Chen.